Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Jeff, we didn't really want to look it up about the three Super Bowls. Obviously, Montana has four. Um, if Justin Watson wins this game, he'll have three, but he'll be tied for second. So, Ty, we guys. were right with Ty Law, we were guessing, but it is three with Ty. Three. Ty Law has three. Tony Dorsett has one. I got a couple of people saying Tony Dorsett, he only has one. Um, Stefan Wisniewski has two. And Russ Grimm has three. Southmoreland. Southmoreland. I missed that. I missed yeah, that. It's, I want to say that I forgot a, a couple of tie laws because I was so frustrated with the fact the Steelers weren't in and the Patriots were in that I just, like, washed those away washed from my them memory. Away. Yeah, yeah. So there's so – he, he would be tied for third, but I still think it's a fantastic story because – I mean, Ty Law played in the 90s, and Russ Grimm played in the 80s. So it hasn't been a, a while since a Whoopiel player even came close to that. So, I, And I don't count Gronk. I know that people were saying Gronk. I just don't count him. He played here one year. He transferred in because his dad was friends with Novak, and he needed to play at a better high school. And I guess his dad was working here, and he just played for one of the best coaches in Pennsylvania at the time. So I don't count him. Yeah, probably thinking, look at all the guys that have come out of Woodland Hills. I think it's yes. my, my son's college opportunities. That'll help a little bit. And it did. So I know people want to claim him, but I don't. I don't. And he doesn't either. I, ask, I actually asked him that one time. Like, do you claim Pittsburgh? He's like, no, I claim Buffalo. Well, then screw him. Right. He said that to my face. And I was like, okay, that's great. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. We pay attention to a lot of the trends in the NFL, and you know one of the latest trends that have been has been around for a couple of years is the McVay tree or the the next McVay, the next uh, you know young hotshot offensive coordinator. Now it's a pass game coordinator, and who's going to be that next uh, guy that is uh, you know a part of the Shanahan tree, a part of the McVay tree? But I think that there's going to be another trend this year, Jeff, as as we approach the draft. We have the combine coming up next, then we'll have pro days, and then we'll have the draft. I think we're going to see teams in the sixth and seventh round. We're going to see a lot of not no-name quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that are out there get drafted because I think the teams are going to want to try to find the next Brock Purdy. I think that it's like if we can find, even as a backup or a third guy, a guy in the seventh round and he goes into camp and he you know lights it up, that could be the next Brock Purdy. I, do, I anticipate – um, uh, multiple teams going that route, and don't be shocked whenever you watch the six, you watch the third day of the draft in the sixth round and the seventh round, just a boatload of quarterbacks getting drafted because teams think they can get the next Brock Purdy, but in, in reality, the, he's an anomaly. Like that, very, very, very rarely happens. I think the one, I mean, Tom Brady, sixth round, very rarely happens. Brock Purdy, seventh round, last pick of the draft, that very rarely happens. You're the the odds of you striking luck. And getting somebody like Brock Purdy in the late rounds is very, very slim. But I think that people will try to test the waters. Like you feel really lucky if you get a Chris Oladokun, who's the third string quarterback, and has been with the Chiefs, right? I mm -hmm. mean that that's a good that's good use. You find a practice squad guy, but yeah, it's a copycat league. So teams are going to think they're going to take chances on Joe Milton's, and uh, I can't remember the Kentucky quarterback. Sam Hartman, mm -hmm. you'll see guys that have no business being drafted because they think, oh, uh, well, you could find something, diamond in the rough. I mean, we could just sign this linebacker to our special teams. We don't need to draft him. We'll bubble all this quarterback. Because you know how competitive it is, too. Like, as much as we sit here and we talk about 
Shanahan and, and his offense and the way that he operates and the people that have come from Kyle Shanahan that have other jobs that are part of his tree. It's, it's a, such a competitive league, not just with players, but with coaches. It's like, well, if, if Shanahan could do it and find that guy, if John Lynch can find that guy in the seventh round as a GM, if Shanahan could work with that guy to make him a starter to run that offense, I could do that too. Like, I, I could figure that out. I can get I can get a diamond in the rough and make him, you know, a, a starter and make him a, a a decent quarterback. Like teams will go that route, and it's not going to work. I can I, I, it'd be it'd be insane for me to sit here and think that there'd be another Brock Purdy in this draft in the seventh round. If Purdy wins, that means that he's not a system quarterback, or that he's mastered the system. Does does it change your view? Purdy, we talked about this on the show last night. My thing is, you still got to make the damn throws. Was he impressive against Green Bay? No, but when it mattered, he made plays. You're down 17 at home to Detroit. The red-hot Cinderella story of the season. And he made plays in the second half. Is he spectacular? Does he have a great arm? No. But you still have to make those throws. And that's I think that's it's more than just system. I thought at the beginning of the year, listen, the Steelers are going to expose this guy. They've got some tape on him. Same here. On, some tape on him. He's not going to be the same player. I got to give him credit, man. He, he, he makes plays. He's got 30 touchdowns. And I know he's got – I know some of those are yak yards. and But Ayuk, someone's got to throw Ayuk the ball. And I, if he wins the Super Bowl – I would hope that some people would start giving him credit. I, I, I don't think it really matters. It's like to me, it doesn't matter. Like I, I don't know why we have to put him in a, in a category because he's doing what it takes to win. Like, it, it, like to me, nothing changes. It's like okay, like he is doing what it takes to win for his team. I don't need to say that he's in you know in the top tier of quarterbacks. I don't need to say say he's just a game manager. He's doing the things necessary to win. So like I, we don't, I don't think that we need to place him anywhere. He's just winning football yeah, games. Yeah, he might be the tenth who best ca- player on his team. Right? Who cares? When you look at league average, but he's still the most important player yeah, on your team. Like, yeah. Like who? Like who cares if he's not? If he's not Joe Burrow, he's the one winning. He's the one that that is a part of that. Just like you said, Jeff, he still has to throw the football. He still has to anticipate. He still has to be accurate. He still has to protect the football. No one to use his legs. No to one go- to use his legs. Yep. He's the one out there facilitating the offense. I know that he gets the play calls, and the design is put up is is put, is drawn up by uh, an offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. But he still has to go out there and play. There's no need to place him in a category uh, and be like, is he of the of the stature at quarterback like Lamar Jackson? Is he you know is he good enough to be like like uh, Josh Allen? No, it doesn't matter. He's the one that's there. We don't need to we don't need to put a title on him. Like to me, I, I just think that at the end of the day, I'm still going to look at him as the same. He did everything necessary to help his team get to a Super Bowl or potentially win a Super Bowl. And Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson are watching him play. They're watching him from their house play. That's all that matters to me. And, and Josh and Lamar have never been to the big game. Never even came, never even came close. At least Burrow's been in it. Never. Yep. Never even came close. That's all that matters to me. I don't care if you have a big arm. I don't care if you are the most accurate. I don't care if you're the fastest quarterback in the league. Can you get me and our team to the championship and have an opportunity to compete? I don't care. I don't care if you were a seventh-round pick or not. 
whatever first round, seventh round, if you have the ability to do that, I don't need to put a label on you. Would this team have gotten to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G? Yes. Yes. Probably. He was close before. Yes. Right? He was in it before. Right. Probably. But he's not there. And Brock Brock Purdy also did beat out a first, like, top five pick. He beat him out in camp. Trey Lance. Trey Lance wasn't hurt or anything, was he? He was hurt for a little bit. Yeah, but that had and that had to be when you I mean, there are times where we discuss locally about having to eat a draft pick and Steelers may have to with Kenny Pickett. It just at some point just you know what? He wasn't what we thought. I mean it'll be hopefully determined for sure this year. But they may have imagine San Fran, they had to eat that Trey Lance by a seventh rounder. Yes. Beating him out. But if you had to eat a pick and it had to go down a certain way. It's nice to eat a pick and be in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it makes it a lot more uh, – it makes it a lot more uh, – less tension whenever you're the general manager and you're John Lynch, and it's like, okay, well, I didn't get the top five pick right, but I got the last pick of the draft right. It kind of washes itself out. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, right? It makes it a lot easier. So – I know I, I I to me I I don't ha- I don't feel like it's necessary to put a label on Brock Purdy because he's the one doing it and he's facilitating it. He's you know whether you call him a game manager where you say he's an upper echelon quarterback, whatever you want to say about him, he's the one that's that's there and he's doing the things necessary uh, to help his team win. And I don't I don't really think that we need to put a a label on him. Do I think other quarterbacks would flourish in that offense? Absolutely. I think the offense has a lot to do with it, but he's the one doing it. He's the one getting it done, and he's the one um, that has been doing it all season long. So, uh, very interesting. And I, I, I know I keep going back and forth with the with the Forty ers and the Kansas City Chiefs of who's going to win the game. There's a lot of people out there that said that they didn't want to see this game, and I'm like, why? Like these are the two best teams in the NFL right now. Like, I mean, and they you don't want to see Mahomes, and you don't want to see Brock Purdy. And to see, like, legit, like, if you are questioning if he's the truth or not, like, I, I these are the most explosive offensive players in the league um, that are going against each other. I, I absolutely love this matchup. Listen, tired of the Chiefs. It took one snap to, of the AFC Championship game to go, oh, my God, I don't want Baltimore in there. Yes. As tired as I am of the Kansas City Chiefs, like. I'm good. I'm good with with Baltimore, not better than the alternative. Yes. Fantex line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. The Steelers still need to make some moves. Uh, Arthur Smith is obviously the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they still need to to shore up some of the other positional coaches. And could some guys be back? Um, Could there be a, a situation where the Chicago Bears might be asking for a third-round pick. What'd you think about that if you're the Steelers? Lots more to get into with Jeff and I. Family worship brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Dickerson, Hathorne, Cows behind the glass. Cows, how you doing? Good? Good. Everything's good. Fine? Fine. All right, good. All right. Yeah. Now the sun's beaming off his face. Yes. It's glistening. Look at you. Yep. Smiling. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sunny sky. All right, Jeff. The Steelers still need to make some moves. Um, they still need to. Uh, they, they need a receivers coach, potentially running back coach, maybe even a tight ends coach. 
Um, I think they're alluding to the fact that they're going to keep around Sullivan. Um, now, I know he interviewed with the Vegas Raiders. They, he interviewed with the New Orleans Saints, too, as their, as an offensive coordinator. Didn't get those because those jobs have been filled. Uh, does it really make sense for Sullivan to be back as a, as a quarterback coach? I mean, Pat no. Meyer, like, okay, but, like, Sullivan as a quarterback coach, I just can't see how they can move forward with that, uh, that structure in mind. No, not after Mike Tomlin came out and said, listen, Sullivan – is not even a candidate. We're not even going to talk to him about being our offensive coordinator. And Mike is probably a very good coach and a good football man. Obviously, he's interviewing at other places. Uh, but he and Eddie didn't even get a chance to be offensive coordinator. And we need to bring somebody in that can develop quarterbacks. So that tells you that, all right, our, our current quarterback coach isn't developing our quarterbacks the way we want. How in the world could you keep that guy? And we don't know officially what the team is going to do yet. There's a lot of speculation that most of the staff is going to stay. I just don't get how you're going to move forward with a guy that not we're saying the head coach said wasn't doing his job. And then you're going to stick there because, okay, we have a new coordinator and that is going to fit like, like pixie dust. That is going to fix everything. I, I don't. And, and if you're Arthur Smith, like, you probably have some guys you've worked with over the years that you want to add to the staff or maybe you've never worked with but you're anxious to. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't I don't get that. Yeah, that has to be a part of the process. Like, I mean, I know Arthur Smith, he had other opportunities. And I, I, I just can't imagine him, you know, sitting there and them going through, you know, what he's going to bring to the table, what the Steelers are looking for, and the question not be, okay, can I pick my own staff? And the Steelers being like, well, we, we kind of want to keep half of the guys. Like, how does that make any sense? It does, like To me, like, I just, I feel like if you want to head into a new direction, you got to head into a new direction. You can't be meddling around. And they're going to meddle around. And I just, did, yeah. Sullivan did a good job at some points, you know, and especially whenever he got transitioned into the role of calling place. I, I will give him credit for that. But did the quarterbacks get better last year? Did the quarterback that you're, you're going to ride with get better last year? No. So I don't know how you can... Uh, for as great as the last three games are, and kudos, again, I mean, those two did a really nice job of kind of developing the offense. Mason took over. You know, they were the coordinator for the New England game. He was the coordinator for the Cardinals game. Wasn't all roses mm -hmm. that we saw from that group. I mean, you saw it in the, immediately in the first game. Cincinnati, Kenny threw for like 278, like over 400 yards, and, the, you know, the parade and everything that followed that was awesome. But then there were those next two games and the Colts game where it was the same people that were the coordinators. And Mike Sullivan might be a great head coach. I just – if they decide to bring him back, I don't get it. Like, if you want new ideas, we're going to talk to all these people. I'm going to sit back, I being Tomlin. I'm going to sit back is what he told us. I'm going to get all, pick all these new ideas. I realize that we need to bring something new in. And the coordinator is seems very much of the same mindset that you've had. And then you're going to keep the same coaches, S some of whom were brought in by Matt, by Canada. I, one or two, okay, maybe. But like the ones that like the the, the position that really but needs a quarterback, change, right? We're, we're not we again not we said it, Mike said it. Yes. We need to bring in a guy that can develop our quarterbacks. 
that understands that. Well, Arthur Smith, while he had success with Tannehill in Tennessee, he never was a quarterback's coach, wasn't a quarterback at all in his life. So how do you stick with the same dude? It's just it, – it really doesn't make sense. And I hope I hope that that's just what's rumored out there and they do hire somebody else. But at this point, I mean, I, I know that there's names out there, but what legit names are really even out there? Maybe they're caught in a position where they have no other choice. But I'm sure you can give somebody else opportunities. I just – I, I saw that and I couldn't believe that that was actually the case. That there was potential for him. I mean, there are to ways to there are ways to give quarterback coaches at, at other places a promotion by adding another something to their title. And pass game coordinator is the most most used one. I think there would be guys you could pluck off other staffs. Plus, there are guys that are sitting out there. Eric B, Eric Bieniemy. Not that he's a quarterback guru necessarily, but there are going to be guys that are still unemployed off other staffs that that you could look at to bring in. I mean, at least somebody with, with again, different ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was the call. Like, we want different ideas. We know that it's not working. It hasn't for the last couple of years. Where are the, the new ideas? Like, Arthur Smith is a new guy. He might have some new ideas, says he's adaptable. I think most of us are willing to listen. Like, okay, let's see what Arthur – but who else are you going to bring with you? How is she going to fill out that staff? And if it's filling out the staff, the same guys that – we're part of a group that was bottom third of the NFL for the last three years. Makes no sense. Would this make sense? If the Chicago Bears are just asking for a third-round pick for Justin Fields, would that make sense for the Steelers to, to give them a call? Absolutely. Third-round pick. From what we're hearing, it's a, you know, maybe a second, maybe a third. But, I mean, the Steelers would have to get on the phone, right? If it's just a third-round pick. Yes. I mean, they'd be insane not to. I mean, I th- I think at that asking price, there'd be other teams. Like you'd think New England might say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're interested." Mm-hmm. Um, although you know they have a high draft pick, so maybe they wouldn't want to do that before the draft. Whereas you know, if you're the Steelers, you could jump on it early. But there would be other teams. Maybe maybe Atlanta would be one that would say, "Hey, we're interested." So maybe a third isn't enough. But here's the thing. Steelers have two-fourths and a third. Not that you'd want to give up multiple picks, but I'd almost consider if you had to sweeten the deal, if you had to. And you're talking about the most important position. And if you want true competition, he could provide that. Now, after this coming season, where they hit, a, I think, a $6 million now, it'd be $25 million after that. But at some point, you're going to have to pay a quarterback unless you just want to go into this rotation where you're constantly building with cheap, but you can't. That's not sustainable. Do you think he's good, Justin Fields? I do think he's good. People are going to say I'm biased, but I think he's good. Is he? Has he figured it out? No. But I mean, this guy has had a pair of four-touchdown games this past season. He can obviously use his legs. I don't know what the scenario was in, in, enough in Chicago to know. I mean – had a couple decent players around him, but I, I like the idea of Pickens and Johnson and that running game. I mean, if Arthur Smith's not and a guy, Firemuth on a contract year, he I I feel like Justin Fields has the intangibles. I feel like he's athletic. I feel like he he can he can be a really good quarterback, but I think he does need that developmental coach to to help him. And I don't know if Arthur Smith is that guy. 
And that's the only kind of like st- where I'm stopped at. I mean, everything we hear about Kenny and what we've seen from Kenny, he works his best when his back's against the wall. It'd, be, it'd really be against. I mean, he'd he'd have to come in here and really wow them. And isn't that what you want? Like, coaches always talk about how great competition is. Well, I don't know that Ryan Tannehill or Marcus Mariota is going to bring a ton of comp- true competition for Kenny Pickett. Justin Fields would. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. He would make sure that. I mean, Kenny would have to be on his game like every throw. If it's a third round pick, I, I just can't see how you cannot make a call and and and, and inquire about that. And I, I know that they want to ride with Kenny. I know that that's their first round pick. I know that's their investment. But you you, you have to make a call if that or if that's the circumstances and the parameters around Justin Fields. You, you got to really think about it. You do if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming up, uh, a part of my childhood is gone. Jeff and I talked about it a little bit in the uh, the pre-show, but we'll bring it back uh, for those of you that missed it coming up next. Major announcement. Top of the hour. Top of the hour, right? I wonder what that is. Huh. I'm intrigued. I'm not going to miss it. I'm gonna, As soon as I get in my car, I'm going to. I feel like I should just stand outside the window and look in the bowl. <laughs> right. I wonder what it could be. So our studios have this huge window, and people walk by, and because of the lighting in here, you could kind of kind of see who it is and sometimes if the sun's coming through you can't really make out who's looking in at you so we could be those we could be the people that walk by we just stand right well we won't be able to hear it though because it's sometimes it's on delay on the Uh hallway right i'll get the odyssey app okay you're gonna play it for us yeah Yeah. we'll do that look at cows what are you you so perplexed about what would the delay be there's a delay in the hallway whenever the show's on like i'll go to the bathroom and i'll hear myself talking oh yeah yeah what did you think I was talking about? I, I, for some reason, I thought you'd be able to hear the broadcast from out there, but I was wrong mm. because I'm so used to being in here. I just hear everything in real time. So mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe we could go in with we could go in there. Right. We'll go in the producer's booth. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we, we could hear it real time. Exactly. There you go. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to to hear what the big announcement is coming up at the top of the hour. Uh. Carl Weathers passed away over the weekend, yeah. Jeff. We talked about this in the pre-show, and um, he was a huge part of my childhood. Uh, loved Rocky movies growing up. Still love Rocky movies, but you know Carl Weathers, I remember where I got to a point, I loved Rocky movies when I was really young, and then I got to a point whenever I was about middle school, and I found out that Carl Weathers was uh, played pro football, played for the Raiders. And I was like, wow, I already loved this guy uh, as an actor and as Apollo Creed and in the movie Predator and, and Happy Gilmore. And that was just like a, a, a cherry on top to find out that he was a former professional football player that went into the direction of acting, something that I always wanted to do, always wanted to become an actor. And he just really has been an inspiration and was an inspiration for myself for years. And uh, lost him over the weekend. He was 76 years old, fantastic actor, uh, fantastic athlete. And if you watch the tribute uh, from Sylvester Stallone, he says there w- wouldn't be no Rocky if there, was, if there wasn't Carl Weathers in Apollo Creed. So uh, just a piece of my childhood is gone. See, what, same with yours. You watch movies when you're a kid, and then you watch them as an adult, and you, you have a different appreciation. Like as a kid, like you felt Carl Weathers was Apollo Creed, and it's like, man, this cocky guy, he got his. He got his from the guy no one thought could do anything. Right. And then you watch it when you're adult, like, damn, like he was really good in this role. Yes. Like you just thought he was – that guy. Yes. And and all the different nuances he brought to the role and the fact, like, he was in insane shape. Like, I could see why they 
And there's a part of me like, let's be real. If Stallone tried to fight Carl Weathers. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wasn't going to go that way. Right. Right. And that's kind of what brought it back to being like, yeah, like this is a movie. But I mean, you, you could watch Rocky and you think it's real. Like you think that they're real boxers and that actually happened. Um, but, you know, the way that both of them worked together, the way that they inspired people at the time, and, you know, the first Rocky came out in 76, the second one came out in 78, third in 82, and then the fourth in 85 for whenever Carl Weathers was a part of the series. Uh, they inspired people in the late 70s and mid 70s to to get fit and work out and to look like Sylvester Stallone, to look like Carl Weathers. Um, they did so much for, for so many people in this and, country. And as much as the character Apollo Creed was driven by that, I want to show that guy, they also showed you could have respect for, for your opponent. Like That was a cool message with those Rocky movies. That that was all. I mean, they created that, that character embrace. And Carl, and I, and I think what was cool too is after he got done with the Rocky movies, like there was a time he was just Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. Like it had to be hard for him to try to find other jobs. And then he he was Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. Yes, yes, yes. Like he could make fun. Like he, it was a kind of a odd role. Then he did Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I think he did Toy Story. I think there was a toy that that Carl Weathers was the voice of. Mm-hmm. Like he had a heck, heck of a career. And there there was one line uh, in Rocky Two that it has always stuck with me. Whenever he said, "I won, but I didn't beat him," like I I, I felt that because he won in the first Rocky. Uh, but he knew he didn't beat him. He knew Rocky beat him, but he won the match. So that's why he wanted the rematch. And then Rocky beat him and won in the second one. And then Carl Weathers was like, you know what? I need to be around this guy. This guy, I- I've never seen anything like it. He was so intrigued by the character of Rocky that he knew that Rocky was going against something in Clubber Lang in the third one where he's like, all right, you got to come with me and we got to go to L.A. and I got to teach you how to fight like, like a brother. We got to get you some <laughs> rhythm. We got to get you some nastiness. We got to we got we got to change the way that you fight because you're going against something that and then is one of uh, the maybe least masculine hugs on in the surf on, yeah, the beach, yeah, on the beach. You know, you know. <laughs> oh, those those gifs. But yeah, Carl Weathers, he's just a fantastic actor, and I, I never had the opportunity to meet him. Would have loved to have met him, but uh, from everything that I've read and everything that I've heard, what a fantastic person. As good as he was as an actor and athlete, every single person that had to say about him, he was a better person. And that's that's what you you know you want to hear from the people that you look up to is like they were actually a really good person alongside of being a hero to a lot of people. So uh, one of the most iconic scenes is definitely the James Brown entrance, living in America uh, in Rocky Four. But he will definitely be missed. Uh, fantastic actor, fantastic athlete, and um, good picture with it with the George Washington yeah, with, with the hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, he had all his different names. His glove down to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Red, white, and blue. Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, he he will be missed. Carl Weathers passed away over the weekend at 76 years old. Coming up next, we will wrap up the show. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. The final segment is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Jeff, Big win for Pitt basketball on Saturday, beating Notre Dame. How about the line was nine and a half, and they won by ten. I looked at that line. I was like, I, I think that Pitt's going to win, but they're not going to win by ten points, and they won just by ten points. But big win for them. Uh, they have a game Wednesday, three hundredth win at the Peterson Event Center. How about that? Yeah, that it's. And there was one of the kids from the Pitt News that was in there, and he's like, 
Yeah, the Peterson Event Center is older than me. It's like, Jeez. screw you. Yeah. Like, but but it's cool. I mean, I remember that game against number one UConn, the last game of the regular season back in the 08-09, and they recognized that team. Like there was some that place rocked, and for about seven eight years, there wasn't a tougher ticket in the city. Nope. Not hockey, not football, not baseball. The toughest ticket to get. And that place was unbelievable. The zoo, I mean, it was – and it's starting to – I mean, you're starting to get some of that feel back as, as the winning is returning to that building. But uh, there was controversy when it was built because it took down Pitt Stadium. So there's so much anticipation of right. what's this new arena going to be like. And it's lived up to it. I, I think it's – I mean, the acoustics – I mean, there are always little things here and there as you see other people build new places. But, man, what a – what a home field advantage. Yeah, 300th win, and they're also – they honored, what, the 2008-2009 team? Yep. I saw LeVance Fields there. I saw a couple other players uh, that uh, attended that. There's a great story on our website. How about that team? That was a team – Capel was coaching uh, Blake Griffin in yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. And he said the one team – he said he started looking at it because they were like 29. He started looking at other teams. Like The one team he didn't want to play was Pitt because Pitt was not going to be intimidated by Blake. <laughs> he said so many teams, like you could tell early on – like Blake was in their head. He said, Dewan Blair, Sam Young, LeVance, no one's going to get in their head. Nope. Nope. They played and, that. Uh, and, and they would have met They would have met up. Here's the other thing. Scotty Reynolds was going to play at Oklahoma. Oh, really? For Cable. I didn't know that. And switched last minute. What if he would have gone to Oklahoma? Those two probably would have met in the final four. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Like I like that, damn him uh, for not getting Scotty. Seriously, <laughs> like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like that, like that would have changed at least pit basketball history a little bit. Pit basketball back then, they they just played that bully ball. It wasn't really bully ball; it was basketball. But they played like they you didn't. They almost played like it was a football team, and you know within the rules. But they were physical. They were tough. They weren't going to go away. They were not going to go away. And so I could see Capel. Um, you know, having that thought process. And I could also see Capel, you know, initially whenever he accepted the job of thinking of that, like, you know, I know what this program has was once stood on. And let me try to get that back a little bit. And they're trying to work their way back. And they got to win, what, at least two road games, two road games, six out of nine. I, and if they get six out of nine and they get to 11 wins in the ACC, they got a shot. They got a shot. But they got to get at least 11 wins. Good stuff, Jeff. We'll uh, be back tomorrow. Yeah. Mark Cavalli will be on, on with us tomorrow, all show. Uh, Wednesday, it'll be Jeff, myself, and Pat Bostick, and then Adam Crowley comes back Thursday. Big announcement coming up next on the Cook and Joe show, so uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to tune in. First fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on the new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high of 48, low of 28. Clear skies expected. Tomorrow, High of 45, low of 27, also clear skies. See ya.